It's the Americhicks with Kim Munson, the most important story. The Washington Times said the patriotic Americans donated U.S. flags after protesters raised the Mexican flag over the ICE facility. The latest in politics and world affairs. It is not fair that, that people come in illegally and they have three square meals a day, TVs and all. There's something that is wrong with this picture. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. When we get into conversations with people, you can get real bombastic with each other because you haven't read it. You don't know what you're talking about. It's the Americhicks dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. So if you understand the issue, then you can have calm, reasonable conversations. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Uh, Indeed, let's have a conversation. This is Kim Munson, and happy Thursday to all of you. I am so excited about this show today. Thrilled to have in studio late-breaking guest chick Karen Levine, award-winning REMAX Alliance Realtor. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. And the new housing numbers are out for the metro area, so you're going to share those with us in the second segment. Looking forward to it. Okay, good, good. Uh, Third and fourth segment, we will be talking with Peter Moore. He's with Vital for Colorado. And he's written a really important piece that uh, was in Colorado politics recently. And he said that the plummeting number of permits belies uh, Polis's promises regarding drilling. And uh, so we'll break that out as well. First segment, we're going to go through some headlines. Uh, but before we do that, several things. First of all, I want to say thank you to the team. Thank you to producer Steve, to Zach, to Patty, to Keith, and to Charlie. Thank you for all of your good work here. And to you listeners out there, uh, really appreciate you. Uh, you are treasured. You're valued. You've got a purpose. Go out there and do that today. And uh, as we're breaking down these issues Karen, you and I, I mean, we talk a lot about a lot of different issues. I mean, we've been friends for a long mm-hmm. time. And ultimately, it seems that the, the question on the table is freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And so if we can simplify these issues and bring it back that, you know, kind of that, the parameters on that, that seems to be a good place to start. And we're seeing this romance with the, the word socialism mm-hmm. uh, in America today. And ultimately, socialism gets to force. And uh, surveys say that actually Americans like freedom. So let's uh, let's keep that going, huh? Exactly. <laughs> um, let's see. Our quote for today, our inspiration for today, Edmund Burke, um, I mean, he lived back, as, he was born in 1729. He was an Anglo-Irish statesman and a philosopher. He, he was born in Dublin, and he was a member of parliament in Britain between 1766 and 1794. And he actually was a real proponent of the underpinning virtues of manners in society and the importance of religious institutions for the moral stability of the good of the state. And uh, his, he, these views were expressed in his a Vindication of Natural Society. And, uh, but many people look to him as we look at some of the things of the America's founding. And so Edmund Burke, he said, never apologize for showing feeling. When you do so, you apologize for truth. I just thought that was a really interesting quote. And uh, so I wanted to share that with you again. Edmund Burke, he said, never apologize for showing feeling. When you do so, you apologize for the truth. And uh, Steve, school's getting back into session. Yes. So I thought we'd go with some school jokes. So <laughs> let, let's see if you can tell me this one. The okay. operative word here is jokes. <laughs> yeah. Go, oh, go for it. You are so mean. I'm okay. sorry. Okay. The math teacher says, a man from Los Angeles drove toward New York at 250 miles per hour. And a man from New York drove toward Los Angeles 
at 150 miles per hour. Where did they meet? Little, little Johnny said, in jail. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. 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 These usually come in threes. That's it? You know, I, I looked at some others, but I just did that one today. Oh, in that case, cue drummer. <laughs> I thought maybe the drummer took the day off. So, Actually, my first thought was, who drives to New York? Who wants to drive to New York? York. Well, and who wants to drive to Los Angeles? Well, good point. Yeah. But you know what? Well, I was going to say, if AOC has her way, there would be no airplanes, but also there would be no cars. So there'd be no driving. There'd be no driving. So Johnny would say it's a moot point. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, I want to get Little Johnny is such a philosopher. I I love him. Uh, I this has been on the headlines and, and really wanted to I keep not even getting to it. And that is last Friday. We talked about this movie, The Hunt, and just a terrible, terrible story, a story of uh, basically deplorables being kidnapped and, and sent to an island where wealthy elites would go on vacation and hunt them. And uh, there was a big outrage on it. And it was going to be uh, distributed by N- NBC Universal Studios. The big, big outrage, and it looks like they have actually pulled uh, pulled that, and they're not going to be. Um, yeah, here it says the hunt cancellation is welcome news. This is um, uh, from Fox News. It says murdering political opponents isn't entertaining or funny, and uh, so I'm glad that there's been enough outrage on that that they have pulled that because in this. In this device of society right now, we don't need anything to be stoking the fire. I, I actually think that that uh, much of the rhetoric from the oh gosh from the um, radical left is trying to really foment uh, divisiveness, and uh, so we we need to come together. We need to start to unite. We need to talk about things uh, that we have in common. And Karen, I, I actually you're out there a lot. And don't you see people across the spectrum generally? I don't see the divisiveness that we're hearing about, you know, in the headlines. I think people generally, they just want to go out, live their lives, and and, uh, you're out and about a lot. So, you know, what's your read on that? Well, I think that's true, and I think what is concerning is that um, what we hear on the radio, not here, obviously, but public, you know, the national radio, the national TV networks, Mm -hmm. etc., um, it's propaganda that is trying to convince us that this is the reality. And so if we don't push back and stop listening and start seeking truth, um, we'll get sold the propaganda. And it's kind of scary. Well, and that's why we do this show. Exactly. And, uh, and you know, you are a valued partner. Uh, we've been friends for oh, a while. Years. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. For, for a while. <laughs> and um, you've, been, you've been a longtime uh, supporter also of the show. And that, uh, you know, we really appreciate that and I highly recommend you if people are going to buy or sell their house. That number, I have it memorized, is 303-877-7516, 303-877-7516. But uh, what you just said, it's important that we have these conversations. And that's why we do this show every day is so that hopefully people can start to get their brains around these issues Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. But let's kick the tires on these ideas instead of, you know, just walking away if we disagree. And uh, so that's, um, you know, that's why we're doing this. Uh, Let's see. What's the next thing I wanted to mention? I think that the next thing we'll mention is this came to my attention yesterday. 
I ended up having coffee with a friend of mine uh, and actually run into him after a number of years. And so he says he listens to the show all the time and, and um, you know, how could he help? And so anyway, we had coffee and he said, there is something happening over at DU that many of the alumni are not aware of. And that is, is DU is starting to very quietly get rid of the pioneer, um, the pioneer name. And it is the DU Pioneers, uh, and they've been that for a long time. And, uh, and this, he got this information. It says, only 18 months after telling us the Pioneer nickname would stay, DU has chopped away the word Pioneer from two major programs without warning and without alumni engagement. And when confronted about this malfeasance, the school merely delivered some cordial excuses about why they did it. We're refreshing our approach, they told us. As of, excuse me, as of August 14th, 92% of the voters in a recent survey simply do not believe to use excuses. Out of 283 participants, 259 said that they believe DU will continue to remove the pioneer name from additional programs perhaps as a prelude to removing the nickname altogether. Indeed, a uh, DU alumnus and longtime friend of Let's Go DU put it when he, uh, this way when he wrote this morning, you can't spell disingenuous without DU. And uh, so, Steve, what do you think about this, uh, possibly getting rid of the pioneer name at DU? It's just another example of this political correctness baloney uh, you know, we've been taking down statues now for how many years? Uh, just whatever we can do to wipe out our history well, and, I, and, you know, sanitize it for whatever reason. And it doesn't need sanitizing. Well, you know, throughout history, there is nothing that is perfect. Certainly, uh, as we were doing the westward expansion, there were things that happened. But, but it, it, you look at this whole American idea and uh, pioneers moving west, uh, freedom, property rights. Uh, now, I know that there are some that would argue that pioneers possibly took away Indians' property rights. I, th- I think that's one of the reasons why they're saying that they want to get rid of the pioneer name. But, you know, it wasn't all just uh, kumbaya with the different Indian tribes. They fought all the time as well. So, you know, in this whole human thing of human history there are there are winners and losers and ultimately as we were doing the westward expansion the pioneers were moving out here they i think they still cared about you know all the people that were here i mean what other country do you know where where uh i want to say i guess conquered but uh that actually they give you know land and uh, we have the Bureau of Indian Affairs, which is a significant budget item in the U.S. budget. And what other country do you know does that to, um, you know, other people that might be there? Typically, they might just push them out and, and not do anything about that. But inherently in the American idea is, I think, a value of life for each and every individual. So we're not perfect the way it all worked out. But because of of the westward expansion, because of the American idea, more people thrive and prosper in freedom and uh, than any other uh, social construct out there. And so taking away the pioneer name is actually taking a shot at this idea of, of property rights, the whole American idea. Am I making any sense, Steve? I feel like I'm rambling just a little bit. 
No, you're not making uh, any sense. I'm, no, <laughs> I messed that up. No, you're making quite perfect sense. And you know, whether it's this topic or reparations, or you know, we we go back to a hundred plus years ago and think we're we're going to put some kind of a band aid over it and make ourselves feel better about what happened. You know, somewhere in our history, I I just I'm not making that connection. Well, and I was thinking pioneer is a is a word of invention, adventure, um, creativity. When you're a pioneer of something, you made something new, you made something better, you made something great, and we've allowed the other rhetoric to take over and say that it's all negative, and it's not. Pioneer is a great word, and it's a great accolade to what Americans are. So they're trying to sell us a different can of understanding. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. I hadn't even really thought about that, and that is, and we've seen that across the spectrum, Mm -hmm. the redefinition of words. Exactly. And so we're seeing that at DU. They're redefining pioneer, which means a variety of things. It also stands for the innovation of, of moving westward. But all of these other things, to be a pioneer in industry, a pioneer. And we would say we wanted to be a pioneer in space. We wanted to be a pioneer in medicine. We wanted, you know, to be in the forefront. How all of a sudden in this decade or this century or this day did pioneer become bad? Because somebody decided it was going to be that way and we're buying into it. So I'm glad you're having the conversation and maybe some pushback is appropriate. Well, I think it's very appropriate. And that is one of the questions that I don't quite understand is how we have alumni and then also scholarship programs that are funding these um, schools that have are now moving so far to the left on an ideological spectrum. I can't even tell you. I have a number of friends that have said, I sent my child to college because it used to be if you went to college, it, it, you, you were hopefully getting an opportunity, you know, for su- uh, setting yourself up, up for success. Now kids are getting out with tremendous amount of debt and a really, really bad attitude. Not all of them, but many of them. Steve, do you want to make a last comment before we go to break? No, I just appreciate the points that, that Karen just made in terms of the, uh, the connotation switching it to the word. Mm-hmm. It used to be a, a, a notable word, of no, a, a word of good notoriety, and all of a sudden now we got these people seizing every opportunity they can to try to make something negative out of what used to be acceptable and, and positive. positive. Okay, good point. So uh, anyway, if you're alumni of DU, if you're giving money to DU, you might want to contact them and tell them that you like being a pioneer, being creative, being innovative, Go being a it. pioneer. In, <laughs> so you, you know what? You might want to pioneer an effort to push back on what's going on over there regarding the DU Pioneer name. So this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. Thrilled to have in studio with me, Karen Levine, award-winning realtor uh, as my guest chick. We're going to go to break. When we come back, some interesting housing numbers here, and uh, we want to hear what they are. We'll be right back. Looking for an awesome place to host your draft party? Look no further than Hooters. With tons of TVs, free Wi-Fi, world-famous wings, and ice-cold beer, you're probably thinking, it doesn't get any better than that. But wait, at Hooters, it does. Every fantasy league gets a free draft kit and over $200 in Hooters swag. Join us for fantasy football done Hooters style. Book now at Hooters.com slash football. That's Hooters.com slash football. See you at Hooters. 
All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and AmeriChick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at AmeriChicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. We'll be talking with Karen Levine about the new housing numbers in segment two, segment three and four. We'll talk with Peter Moore with Vital uh, for Colorado about his piece in Colorado politics about the the number of permits uh, for drilling here. Uh, I just thought, was thinking over break, Steve, I like hockey. And, you know, DU has a great hockey team. And I can just see as the DU, you know, they won national championships. As the guys are taking the ice, the next thing they're going to be, it's going to be, Go Snowflakes! Go Snowflakes! Because that's probably going to be the new uh, moniker for DU. Well, it answers the obvious question. If pioneers are out, then what's in? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Snowflakes. Yeah. Snowflakes. <laughs> okay. So I just had to, had, had to just mention that one. Karen Levine, you, uh, well, several things. You, uh, you're a real champion for property rights. And uh, the idea that everyday people can own their own property, they can own their own home, uh, there's a lot of great things about it. it. It helps them create wealth. There's the ownership. I mean, and it's something that's pretty unique about the American idea. And that's why we've had this vibrant middle class. Uh, so that's really important to you. And because of that, I know that you, you, you not only, I mean, you work a lot of hours, but you volunteer a lot of time across the spectrum. You're on the National Association of Realtors Board. Uh, and uh, and one other thing, you're on the uh, the uh, are very involved with GER, which is the Golden Retriever Rescue of the Rockies, which is another thing. Yesterday, <laughs> we saw each other yesterday. I just have to tell you, you showed up. We a bunch of us girls got together, and one of my neighbors actually just adopted a dog from there. And I mean, it's just a beautiful thing. But you had been over there helping brush d- dog's teeth or something? Is that what was going on? Well, it's called Dental Day, and we um, offer an opportunity for volunteers um, at a low cost to bring in their dogs for non-anesthetic dental cleaning. And so I just help with the day as far as checking people in, collecting their money, um, making them feel comfortable if they're going to hang out while their dog is being treated. It's about a 45-minute process. Unless you were Tanner, the yellow lab yesterday, who took two and a half hours. Oh, Apparently, his plaque needed um, a, um, what did we say, a, um, oh, dang, Karen, the um, jackhammer. He needed oh, a jackhammer. Okay. But not really. We didn't have that available. But, but he just needed a thorough teeth He did. Cleaning. He yeah. did. And um, his teeth were healthy once we got Got, got through that. So I know that that's, I mean, that's something really near and dear to your heart, but uh, you, you volunteer uh, across the spectrum. 
tell us what's going on in the Denver Metro market. I guess the numbers yeah. just came out. We, um, yeah, the I think it hit the press yesterday, and um, the Colorado Association of Realtors um, has a research committee and a group of spokespeople, of which um, I am part of that cadre. And um, the numbers I have found fascinating in the fact I've been watching this one particular number, and it's the under contract number. Okay. How many properties, um, single family homes, townhomes, and condos? Um, are under contract because that's the first step to getting to the closing table to um, have a seller be successful in selling a property and um, a new homeowner becoming that homeowner of that property. So um, I've been watching that for the last probably 90 days and that number continues month in and month out to go up. And so if we look at July's numbers in 2018, comparing it to um, 2019, the under contract number is up almost 12%. Okay, that well, sounds good. It's very good. That means activity is very strong. We've also seen um, an increase in new listings. New listings have been up in the metro area um, a little over 6%, so we've got a little more inventory. Um, it's not quite as tight of a market, so buyers have a little more option. But what I found fascinating after watching these numbers over the last 90 days is you would suspect the sold numbers would also be increasing. Mm-hmm. And solds are increasing. They're up a little over 5% metro-wide, but that's not 12%. Right. And it's been lagging. So I'm kind of curious, and I keep asking the question, when are we going to see the sold number catch up to the under contract or at least look like it's more balanced? But I think what's occurring in our marketplace, and this is why I really encourage your listeners, if they're in the market, real estate, buying or selling, that they seek a realtor. And the difference between a licensee and a realtor is the realtor um, adheres to a code of ethics. We also are very active in protecting their private property rights, both on a local level, a state level, and a national level. And so there is a difference out there. So make sure when you are looking to do a real estate transaction that you ask if your agent is a realtor. But um, in saying that, What I think is occurring is um, sellers are having to be a little bit more accepting of contingencies in these offers. And the typical contingency would be the sale of another property. Mm -hmm. And so you're a condominium owner, you're ready to buy um, a single family home, you don't have your condo on the market yet. The seller may now be more receptive to saying, you know what, we'll give you some time to sell your condo. But what if that condo doesn't sell in that period of time, then that property is coming back on the market for the seller. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why we're seeing this um, bit of lag. The good thing is, is for a buyer, there's a little more opportunity, a little more flexibility. But buyers understand, don't get too greedy because good houses are selling at top dollar prices and, and they're still getting multiple offers. But there are some opportunities. Maybe it's not that shining star amongst your choices. Maybe it's a little tarnished, but you can buy it a little bit better and put some sweat equity into that property and be able to start building your wealth. So in that case, there there might be a real opportunity for somebody that may want to be moving up into the housing market. Mm -hmm. What about that first time buyer out there right now? Is there a pretty good opportunity for them? Um, It continues to be challenging, and that's because if you look at our average sales price continues to go up metro-wide. The current average sales price in the metropolitan area is $483,000, and um, the single-family average is probably 
in the fives, it is 525.4. And then condos, which is typically condo townhomes, would be where many first-time homebuyers are going to start. We're seeing a medium price at about 312, and that's up about 4%. But it's up a little bit less. We're still seeing appreciation month to month, but that amount of appreciation is slowing down a bit because inventory is increasing. Okay. So it's, there's, there's some positives, a little bit of balancing taking place in the marketplace. And I would also say still a great time to buy because interest rates dropped a little bit since even though when we dropped the um, Fed rate, uh-huh. it doesn't necessarily directly affect mortgage rates, but we did see um, rates drop a little bit and we're looking at rates under four. So that's pretty So that would awesome. be a really good time. Yeah, more what, affordability. And, more. and what about somebody say that, uh, and you know, I know people, some people are moving out of state because uh, they might want to be, you know, getting closer to family or something like that. Th- is that something that might be important to consider at this time? Um, moving out of state, a lot of people are, well, not a lot of people, but a lot of people are considering that as as something they're looking like our um, older population is looking to move down and moving down in the metropolitan area. I tell people you'll get a smaller house for the same, same or more money. money. <laughs> it's a little more difficult, especially when you're trying to get to one level living. Uh-huh. Um, but as some people start to move out and maybe less people are moving in, that's going to create our inventory to go up and more opportunity for buyers. Okay. Okay, great. Well, Karen Levine, thank you. Greatly appreciate it. And uh, I love the way that you really take a look at these numbers and dissect them. And uh, really appreciate your partnership thank as you. well. And it's great to have you in studio. We're going to go to break in just a little bit. Before we do that, though, I want to talk with a pioneer in his industry, and that is Jason McBride with Presidential Wealth Management. Uh, Jason, are you there? I'm here. Now, is that an insult or is it not? <laughs> no. I'm trying to figure it out. And, I can't tell these days. That was on the Karen Levine definition of pioneer, okay? Oh, okay. Not, not the uh, activist at DU uh, definition of pioneer. But, uh, I mean, there's some. The yesterday was wild in the market, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it was pretty crazy. Uh, and it was funny, the day before, it looked like we might be uh, getting some traction and some buyers come back in. But uh, yesterday, yeah, boy, we got whacked 800 points on the Dow. Uh, the market never really even had a chance all day. Uh, the volume was pretty heavy. Uh, yeah, the sellers were out in force. And they, they, the big blame came because, Kim, they said that we had a inverted yield curve again. They always got to think of some reason every day why the market did what it did. Mm-hmm. But yesterday, I think they're trying to blame the inverted yield curve. Well, I was listening to some programs yesterday, and, and they were saying that uh, because of the inverted yield curve, that that would mean that we might be uh, headed into a recession and, uh, and but actually, a lot of the economic numbers are good. So is this just people getting whipped up about uh, just getting whipped up? I, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? You know, I saw a yellow car right next to a green car on I-25 going north yesterday. You know, that might mean that we're in for a recession, too. Uh, You know, this uh, inverted yield curve, I mean, it's predicted a recession correctly like 10 out of 5 times. Uh, Mm. You know, that's that's kind of a joke there, that there's a lot of false alarms on it. There have been recessions after we've seen a yield curve invert. 
But, uh, I mean, I think on average, Kim, the recession has come 19 months later uh, in the times that it did happen. Uh, there's many times that after we see the yield curve invert for the first time, I think I was reading some statistics yesterday, that the S&P 500 uh, goes up an average of 22% before uh, we, we get to the recession. So, I mean, it's an interesting headline, but I certainly wouldn't go, well, the, the yield curve inverted uh, for one day, I'm selling everything. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. think that's, that's the way you go with this. Well, and when you get these big swings in the market like this, uh, you want to make sure that you can sleep at night. And that's one of the things that you are a pioneer in, and Jason. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, yeah, ask my wife. I put her to sleep every night. <laughs> you know. She probably told you last night, you know, when she came over to the uh, tapas deal, right? Yeah, no, she did not mention that. But uh, it was a rather robust evening, I must tell you. It's, uh, it's a group of women that we get together a couple of times a month and, and just, you know, talk about issues out there. And we actually had Rick Turnquist, who's going to be on tomorrow breaking down uh, the Colorado budget numbers. And okay. so it was a robust evening to be be had by all. Right, Karen? Yes, and it was lovely to have Melissa join us. It was lovely to have Melissa join us, that's and, for well, sure. thank you. Oh, and, well, oh, and here, quick, Kim, do you want to talk about negative interest rates? Uh, that yeah. gets mentioned, and I'll bet Karen uh, gets asked about that too, huh? Yeah, let's hit that quickly, and then we'll go to break and talk to Peter Moore. So, yes, what is uh, what's oh, the... I'll be real quick, yeah. Kim. You know, we hear that, well, Germany has negative interest rates these other countries have negative does that mean that when you put your money in the bank they send you a bill just to keep it there no it doesn't it just means that when you're buying that country's bonds that you're having to pay a price for the bond that's probably higher than what you're going to get back when the bond matures and the coupon or the interest you receive on the bond between the time you buy it and it matures is not enough to make up for the the difference. So you're actually going to take a small loss overall uh, by buying it. So why would people do that? That's my question. They still feel like there's safety in owning the German bond. Uh, They don't know where else to put their money. But that also answers a big part of the question why we have an inverted yield curve. America is still very strong. You can buy our bonds and you can still get paid. You can get a positive interest rate. So why would you put your money in a weaker country and pay them to, quote, guard your money when you can put it with the United States of America and actually get paid? It makes no sense. That's why money's rushing into our bond market. Okay. Fascinating. Okay, well, Jason McBride, I really appreciate you uh, explaining that. I learned a lot. Did you? Yeah, very helpful. And if you want to learn more, uh, reach out to Jason McBride and his colleagues over at Presidential Wealth Management. That number is 303-694-1600, 303-694-1600. And then we have a a landing page. It's chickspresidential.com. Jason has all of the podcasts and all kinds of great information there. Jason, thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. And we're going to talk to uh, Peter Moore and when we come back. He's with Vital for Colorado. He had a really important piece in Colorado politics. It says, the plummeting number of permits belies Polis's own promises on drilling. So I guess it may be that Polis said one thing and uh, actually did another. So we'll find out now about that. That would be unusual. Would that be unusual? We'll be right back with Peter Moore. Are you looking for news, not propaganda? 
Ready for a news source you can actually trust? How about a news site that doesn't want to sell you a subscription? Visit CompleteColorado.com to see all the latest news from around Colorado. Complete Colorado's staff scours news sources from around the state and nation to bring you only the top stories that affect you right here in our great state. Updated three times a day, CompleteColorado.com has full-time reporters doing original investigations and reporting like newspapers used to do, as well as opinion and political commentary from a variety of Colorado voices. And CompleteColorado.com is the only place to read columnist Mike Rosen. Always fresh content, always free, always informed. CompleteColorado.com, your complete source for Colorado news. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the Americhicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And now introducing Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins at Ginger and Baker. Kim Munson with the Americhicks would like to thank Presidential Wealth Management Loveland for sponsoring the new Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins. In Denver and Castle Rock, Kim would like to thank Presidential Wealth Management Denver and YourTownTaxpayers.com for their generous support. Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Sign up today at Americhicks.com. Social media is important to the Americhicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Thrilled to have on the line with me Peter Moore. He is, uh, Peter, did you found Vital for Colorado? I did. I did. Uh, along with uh, several other business leaders, we uh, started in uh, the fall of 2013. Okay. And, and basically, I mean, affordable, efficient, and reliable energy, I think, is inherent for everyday people being able to thrive and prosper and flourish. And, uh, and one of those components of that is uh, the oil and gas industry. And so Vital for Colorado, you founded it in 2013. What was your purpose? Back then, uh, it was uh, primarily to uh, Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I was on the board of directors of the South Denver Metro Chamber, and uh, we thought we'd be very, very lucky if we could organize maybe one or 2,000 people that had uh, similar ideas. We were organizing around a seven principles uh, pledge, and some of the principles were very simple, such as we believe in science and not hyperbole, and uh, we wanted people to understand how important the oil and gas industry was. We were trying to be business people uh, talking on behalf of the oil and gas industry because it's so important to uh, Colorado's economy. Um, what happened during the next uh, five years or so is that we had much greater success than we anticipated, and our coalition uh, grew to 85,000 Colorado citizens that uh, signed wow. the pledge, <laughs> and uh, over 1,000 businesses and even a few hundred uh, elected officials, um, uh, and probably... Uh, most of our efforts were trying to educate and advocate and uh, write op-eds and write, write pieces 
uh, we had a radio show uh, twice a month for several years. Uh, had a lot of interest in gas. Um, but it led up to uh, last year's election, and uh, uh, as of the end of last year, it looked like the people had fairly overwhelmingly uh, uh, voted against uh, setbacks, which were written in such a way that really would have shut down the oil and gas industry. Uh, but then January came in the new 2019 legislative session, and now we have uh, a new a new law, SB 181, and uh, that's the focus of my article uh, of last week, is that there are m- many, many representations as to w- what would happen, what was intended, uh, business as usual, and although we're just a few months into it, it's not, it's not that way at all. Well, and so what you're describing, Peter, is uh, there was a proposition on the ballot in November. Wasn't that Prop 112? Is that what that was? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And and it was overwhelmingly defeated by the, the people of Colorado. And then not even, you know, two or three months later, uh, there was something, in a way, I, I feel almost more onerous than 112. It was passed through the legislature, and uh, Governor Polis signed it. But I think what I'm hearing you say is, is that that uh, Polis had, had indicated that things weren't going to change that much. But when we're starting to see the results, things are changing significantly. Um, that is the case. Uh, before the bill was uh, signed, and um, Governor Polis actually was against uh, um, 112, uh, he spoke to the oil and gas conservation folks. He also spoke to the trade show back in uh, August, and uh, he clearly um, uh, did not uh, support the setback initiative, uh, which was very, very strict. Um, And then uh, he threw his support behind this uh, new bill, 181, uh, to some cynics in the group. Uh, They thought that it was uh, debated, uh, set up, and passed in a way that was... uh, more along lines of retribution as opposed to uh, trying to get stakeholders to provide uh, honest comment. And I mean that in the sense that the bill was uh, publicized, I think, on a Friday, on a, on a slow Friday one day, and went through. And uh, the various stakeholders um, did not have much input. They, they, they tried, uh, especially the Colorado Oil and Gas Conservation Committee, I'm sorry, the Colorado Oil and Gas Association, COGA, which is a primary oil and gas advocacy group, uh, did did have some changes, and uh, so there are some very, very small wins. Uh, but the real proof would be what is the effect in terms of the granting of permits. And uh, the effect has been uh, very devastating uh, just in the first three months. Well, in the oil and gas industry, well, I have all kinds of things going through my brain. I mean, there's you talk about from a business standpoint uh, what oil and gas has brought to the state of Colorado. And it's not just the people that work in the oil and gas industry. Uh, when, when that industry is growing and doing well, you know, it's they go out to eat. So it's the restaurant owner. There's new restaurants that can open up. You know, they use a dry cleaner. They go to the grocery store. Uh, you know, it, it's a far-reaching effect on the economy. And when you start to contract that, and I, I have friends in the oil and gas business, and 
they're very concerned about their livelihoods. They're very concerned about their jobs. And when you start to have people uh, that have this um, kind of the unknowns out there, they're like, am I going to have to move? If they have to move, they need to call Karen Levine uh, with REMAX Alliance. (laughs) Thank you. But but we'd like to have people not move because... uh, they're, you know, they have to move out of state for a new job or whatever. We'd like people to have, you know, the choice to move because they want to. And they're really concerned. And Peter, in your piece, you said in 2018, an average of 426 new drilling permits were approved every month. But since the passage of Senate Bill 181, the pace of permitting hasn't come close to this baseline. In fact, you said in May, the first full month of uh, the implementation of SB 181, there were only 41 new permits. Now, I think you're saying that that the oil and gas industry was assured that things weren't going to change, but the very first month of implementation, that's pretty significant. This is a data, by the way, which comes directly from the Colorado Oil Oil and Gas Conservation, uh, um, Conservation Commission website. So they they publish a number of permits, and you can just look. Uh, but uh, in the first month, first full month, uh, it was uh, a 90% cut from what had been happening in 2018. Uh, in uh, the next month, in June, it was uh, a 60% cut, and uh, then it was a 70% cut. So it went from um, 10% of what had happened last year to 40% of what had happened last year and 30% of what had happened last year in the first three months. Wow. Uh, that that to me uh, is a radical change, and then also uh, there's the effect in terms of the counties. Last time I looked, I believe the number is greater than this, so I haven't really kept track of uh, the moratoria pa- passed by every county. Mm-hmm. But each of the counties are trying to pass new regulations to uh, to I guess re- to, to I guess regulate the new local control that they have under. This new law, which which we call uh, SB 1981, they're taking a long time, and this process also is not uh, seeking very much uh, stakeholder input, and so so their solution is just to stop. And last time I looked, and it was only about a month and a half ago, it was seven communities. I think there might be uh, a greater number than that. Uh, where there are no local permits issued, uh, so in many communities, it's um, it's being shut down while people are trying to adapt to the new local control. Um, that's not certainty. That's, that's almost just telling the industry that uh, you're not we'll welcome stop here. doing this. And 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 although that may be popular in some quarters, uh, people may not think through what the impact would be. So I'm sitting here in downtown Denver. Uh, looking at this lovely morning, uh, 26th world, and uh, I think that uh, as of 2018, something like 20% of all downtown office space is directly related to uh, uh, to uh, companies that are oil and gas companies or service providers or people that are directly related to. And so that's just downtown real estate. Uh, and if the numbers go... Uh, to let's say 50 percent of production over the course of 10 years there's an economic study called a remy study uh, uh, which has been used by almost all governments in the country to calculate uh, effects it's a very reliable um, 
kind of study, but the projection uh, by one of the uh, Common Sense Policy Roundtable uh, is that over the course of 10 years, uh, one could have a loss of 120,000 jobs in Colorado, and uh, that would result in $8 billion of local, state, and tax revenues, and those are, those are numbers which are not sustainable. And that's what people are afraid of, is uh, to begin to dismantle the oil and gas industry by failing uh, to issue permits, by having uncertain uh, and also having now a patchwork of regulations. So the rules you follow in Adams County may not be the rules you follow in Broomfield and Larimer County. And it makes it really, really difficult for industry on that. Hey, Peter, let's let's go to break. You mentioned something about local control. And it's interesting, up in Weld County, they are uh, actually trying to take some local control to support the oil and gas industry in their county because um, Weld County is rich in oil and uh, natural gas resources. And uh, they're actually being kind of, I think, thwarted, where on the other hand, uh, where uh, the permits are, there's moratorium on permits, uh, that is uh, just kind of going unchecked. And I'd love to have you speak to that when we come back. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. Have Karen Levine, award-winning realtor in studio. We're talking with the founder of Vital for Colorado, Peter Moore, and we'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Karen Levine believes in homeownership. Because of Karen's love of dogs, Karen volunteers with GRRR, Golden Retriever Rescue of the Rockies, helping Golden Retrievers find their forever homes. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person, and children under 12 are free. Friday, August 9th through Thursday, August 15th, features will include The Lion King, Toy Story 4, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Hey, welcome back to the Ameritix with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. We're having a very important conversation with Peter Moore. Before we do that, though, Steve, what are you doing tomorrow night? I don't know. Is there something going on? There is. Steve and Patty and I are going to go out to 88 Drive-In Theater tomorrow and work the snack bar. How fun will that be? Uh, so I'm practicing. You want butter on that popcorn? How's that? <laughs> so I, actually, Patty and Kim will be doing the work. I'll be supervising. I'll, I'll be, yeah, <laughs> that's the way it works for sure. So uh-huh. anyway, hey, Peter Moore, we're going to be working. Malted milkshake, by the way. I'm, I'm sure we can make that. We can do that, I bet. And I Remember to right. bring the malt with you. I'll bring the malt All with right. me. Okay. <laughs> so I think that'll be a lot of fun. Hey, Peter, um, the question on the table, though, Pete, we're talking with Peter Moore. Uh, founder of Vital for Colorado, 
And uh, he, he founded it. I, I mean, you wanted to get 2,000 people involved. You had 85,000 people involved, plus these businesses and, and elected officials. So it's amazing. But there uh, is something a little bit disingenuous about 181 and the whole local control thing. And I read 81, uh, Senate Bill 181, and I saw big danger in 181 in as much as it had some pretty strict um, setbacks and, and pretty strict things regarding the oil and gas industry. But from what I could see, it could allow local uh, municipalities, local control to be even stricter. And uh, and many, I, I think many municipalities are, are uh, you know, using that. But there's something different happening in Weld County. They said, okay, yeah, we, we'll have local control and we want to support the oil and gas industry. My understanding is, is that they're trying to be thwarted to do that. What say you? That's a very, very good uh, summary. Uh, most of the production in Colorado is is uh, north of Denver in Weld County, and I, I believe that oil and gas people call it the DJ Basin. And uh, so Weld County is 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 the center of production, the most important. Uh, and uh, so, given this new, new local control, uh, I think that the county officials there tried to remove uncertainty in the state permitting process and. Uh, started to develop regulations uh, to support oil and gas, uh, to support oil and gas investment, and then the state government through the Colorado Attorney General's office sent a warning letter to Weld County uh, to say that whatever local control they're doing, it doesn't restrict uh, the ability of the COGCC to. Uh, I guess, regulate on a gas. And what's curious, I think, is that I'm not aware, and if, and if there are any such other letters to any other county, uh, if if that's a warning that the state would like to give each county, why only give it to the one county that's trying to open up on a gas development and try to and try to try to create certainty? So, a cynical view of the whole thing is that uh, you can have local control as long as it's the right kind of local control and uh, as long as it restricts, uh, I guess, the permit, as long as it restricts the permitting process. That's, that's my reading. That's, that's a fairly widely publicized letter uh, that, that uh, came out from the state attorney general's office. I think it's been on uh, TV and perhaps you've had a show on it before. I'm not sure. I have not done that show on that yet. Uh, we have been doing a show uh, once a month on health and hydrocarbons, and that's sponsored by Liberty Oilfield Services. And, yeah. uh, you know, you're talking about the business component uh, of that. And I, I think that um, sometimes we, 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 you and I, Peter, Karen, we understand the compassion of business in as much when people have jobs, the dignity of work, uh, they're able to go out and thrive and prosper, take care of their families, uh, you know, maybe have a little bit of time on the weekends to have some hobbies. And and we realize that all of those things that make our lives better are because of, of business. The fact that um, business, the oil and gas industry is out there supporting business that makes these things happen. And so when we talk about these numbers, I think that there's some people that think that we're not compassionate at all. And in, I would make the argument that standing up for these kinds of businesses where people can thrive and prosper is extremely compassionate. Uh, Karen, do you want to make a comment on that? Not at the moment. Okay, I, I threw it over to you. I did. <laughs> Peter, what would you say about that? Well, it's, uh, 
you know, one thing that I think is not really uh, well known, all the board members that are on the board of directors for Vital for Colorado, uh, none of them are oil and gas people. Uh, these are chambers of commerce, usually presidents of several chambers, uh, the Farm Bureau, um, farmers that have uh, property rights uh, in terms of what. Ro- ro- in terms of royalty rights, uh, there's a very large logistics company. I'm a lawyer downtown, has been practicing since uh, 1981, and my primary practice is actually in sports law. I'm a general counsel to a national rugby league. Um, so you had a bunch of uh, business people that got together and said that we really ought to talk and, and, and talk about this sector because if this sector falls away, and uh, I honestly felt that uh, the sector was being tr- treated very unfairly, and that was my motivation to uh, found it. But we are all interdependent. We are particularly inter- interdependent upon this industry uh, just because so many people, it's uh, currently, or at least as of uh, at the end of last year, uh, it's about 230,000 people, and yeah. it's a $32 billion vertical. And these are relatively high-paying jobs, and the way money uh, passes around, uh, you spend more on consumer goods and houses and uh, all sorts of things, dry cleaning, uh, the more disposable income that you have. And so the, the M1 factor, or, or the way that uh, money is spent and respent, uh, is great for this industry. Um, then the other story, during the last five years, there's been so much increase in safety, um, and it was going the right direction. Uh, 2013 was probably a banner year. I think Governor Hickenlooper, along with the Environmental Defense Fund and the state of Colorado and the industry, got together and agreed upon methane rules. And when's the last time that you've ever heard of industry agreeing with the Environmental Defense Fund on anything? Mm-hmm. But they did, and they developed methane emission, which is a uh, uh, very strong environmental factor that has been copied uh, by the federal government and is a model for the world. And uh, that's the right way to try to work together. Um, last year's initiative was so wrongheaded because it would have had such a setback under very, very uh, undefined terms, such as... Uh, 2,500 feet from a uh, field of stream, and uh, I've been in Colorado since 78, and it's very hard to identify where the uh, fields and streams are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I help a lot. Is that a field of stream? Sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Peter, sure. we yeah. have about a minute left. What do you, just quickly, uh, looking into the future, are you encouraged, or what should we do? Well, uh the encouragement that I was trying to give is to give encouragement to the Polish administration to get back to the themes that it was uh, espousing before uh, January of uh, 2019. It has an awful lot of control, and uh, to try to encourage the local communities and provide leadership and guidance uh, to implement new drilling permits in a way that allows the oil and gas companies to predictably uh, operate. Mm. Um, I, I, I think that's what the industry is looking for. Some, And there may be a lot of negotiation, but uh, the style uh, last three months uh, is we'll pass new rules, we'll not seek input, and uh, deal with it. And it almost seems like uh, 
It's an effort to push the oil and gas industry out of the state, which would be devastating to everybody mm. in the state. It would be. So, hey, Peter Moore, thank you so much for your important piece in uh, Colorado politics uh, regarding the plummeting number of permits belies Polis's own promises on drilling. And this is Peter Moore, founder of Vital for Colorado. Peter, thank you so much. Well, thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And Karen Levine, it's always great to have you in studio. Award-winning realtor with REMAX Alliance. And that number is 303-877-7516. So it's always great to have you. Thank you. So, And I didn't mean to just throw that over to you. I'd like to try to be more careful when I have somebody in studio. So sorry about the... Oh, uh, quite the, all right. Yeah, just, what, if we had a minute, just what's interesting is the voters said they didn't want that proposition, right? Uh-huh. And the realtor party looked at it and Peter made a good point. How do you identify these? But we put circles, you know, where uh-huh. all those the setbacks were. Yeah. And um, once you put all the setbacks in, there was no place to develop. There was no place to do oil and gas Funny how that worked out. So Funny how that worked yeah. out. So we need to stay on this and, and let uh, Governor Polis know that you do support uh, uh, this oil and gas industry here in Colorado. So uh, our quote for today, and, and everybody, you need to do something every day. Edmund Burke, we talked about him in the, the first segment. He said, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America.